It's Home Court Press Utah Jazz Talk Jazz Bites with Brian Priest and McCade Pearson. The Jazz win their 20th straight at home in a wire-to-wire victory over the 8th grade junior Cavs. Rudy Gobert continues his superstar level play. Donovan Mitchell shoots lights out from three once again, and the third unit actually plays some effective basketball in garbage time. Stay tuned as all that and more is coming up next on Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk, Jazz Bites. Welcome into Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk, Jazz Bites, and it's actually going to be a Jazz Bites edition. This is your host, Brian Priest, joined as always by McCade Pearson. How you doing today, man? We're doing good. The Jazz get a big victory by a lot of points. I said that I was worried they were going to cover that giant spread because our third lineup wasn't super great lately, and uh, the Jazz went up so much that it didn't matter. And then the third lineup actually didn't play terribly, and so it really didn't matter because the Jazz picked up a... 113, 114 to 75 win. I don't know. It's changed back and forth a couple times. But either way, close to 40 points. When I saw it this morning it was on ESPN, it was 114 to 75. It was, there was a Matt Thomas three that might have been taken away, right? Yeah, so they changed it after the game to 113, and then they changed it back again. So I don't know what happened there. Um, it was definitely a two from what I saw, but I don't really care what's going on with Matt Thomas threes with two minutes to go in a 40-point game. So I'll just take the 40-point win and call it a day. Look, you have a history of hating on Matt Thomas. You're already talking about how many turnovers he has in franchise history. Uh, Honestly, I think you might need to do some soul-searching and figure out what your problem is there. (laughs) Remember Blake Ahern or uh, Steve Novak? We've had these guys before. They're all right. Hey, Novak um, was fine. I, I don't remember Blake Ahern getting a whole lot of playing time, but I, he was with the team when they had those baby blues, right? Yeah, Blake Ahern was... When was he with the Jazz? <laughs> That's a good question. It, that speaks volumes about the whole conversation. 2012, but now he's a Grizzlies assistant coach, ironically ah. enough. And he just coached the Spurs like uh, Quinn Snyder did, the Austin Spurs. So there's your Blake Ahern history. Let's talk about the Cavaliers and how they're doing this season and how the Jazz handled business. Well, I don't think we need to spend too much time on the Cavs. This was the Jazz' eighth wire-to-wire win of the season. They lead by as much as 41 points in this game. The Jazz played Cleveland twice already this year. They won the first game by 30. They won last night by 39. And for you math majors out there, some basic numbers we can throw together. They are averaging 34.5-point victories over the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. My main question for you, McCade, is are there any worthwhile takeaways from this game? Did we learn anything about the Jazz? No, the Jazz were still dominant in the death lineup, and Yang was a plus 22 in like 12 minutes. So there's that. Um, the defense was just absolutely insane. Some of the defensive on-court net, um, defensive rating numbers for these players are crazy. Like, for example, the Jazz had a 41.0 defensive rating when Joe Ingles was on the court last night in 18 minutes. 41. I think the wow. Cavs made, like, three baskets. Um, okay, that was maybe a little push, but just insane, insane stuff where the Cavaliers just didn't score all night at all, especially when Donovan Mitchell was off the court and the death lineup was on the court. But that's about the only takeaways. Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of a surprise there. If you listen to David Locke, I think I remember him saying that the Cavs over the last 10 games or so, some period of time recently, have been the 30th ranked offense in the league. So the worst offense in basketball. And it showed last night the Jazz defense came out and they locked in 
Um, there, there was actually an interesting quote from Mike Conley I wanted to read here. He said, Coach Quinn is pushing us every time out, pushing us in every halftime of games like this to continue to try to be perfect, to try to be great. In order to do that, you have to be consistent, and tonight we were able to accomplish that for four quarters. And that's, that really summarizes the whole thing. Quinn is never satisfied. You know, It doesn't matter if you're up 30 against a terrible basketball team or if you're down two against a really good opponent. Quinn's going to be raging on the sidelines about something. And this this really was in part due to the opponent, but it's easy to let your guard down against a team like this. This was probably the best 48 minutes of basketball for the Jazz all year. Yeah, no, they were fantastic. Um, although I think when you break it down into really specific things, I think this was just a normal Jazz dominant win. You know, they didn't force turnovers. Derek Favors is a plus zero. Rudy Gobert is a plus 38. So you still have the non-Gobert minutes weren't great. Um, I said you only forced 10 turnovers. You shoot the ball really well. It's what we've seen before. The death lineup goes off. So it's what we've seen before in four, five, six games recently. So I just don't think we learned anything new other than the Jazz are just continually getting better and better for May, June, and July. I'll take that. Okay, so new segment here. I know it's not Cincinnati. We are talking about Cleveland, another Ohio city. But I want to go through a segment I'm calling Who Day. Because the other day, I can't even remember who the guy was, but neither of us had ever heard of him, and he was playing in an NBA game against the Jazz. There were two players in this Cleveland lineup that got some playing time today that I don't really recognize their names. I want to see, without any research, if you know anything about Lamar Stevens is the first one. He's a decent backup big. Um, That's about all I know about him. Um, He's been in Cleveland a little bit now, but I don't know too much about him. Any idea where he played college ball? No, my college ball game is so rough right now. Next name. Broderick Thomas. I think I've heard this name before. Uh, I know he's a guard, and <laughs> that's about it. Um, so I, I'm pretty good on positions right now. I can tell you if they're a big or a wing or a guard, but individual games, not much. But those are two names I do recognize. I can't remember who it was the other day. I already forgot. The other day I'd never heard of, and I, as I said, I've heard of just about everybody. And I do know every name on the Cavaliers. At least that was dressed last night, so that's impressive for me. But couldn't tell you much about their games other than they gave the Cavaliers 48 minutes last night, and it was not pretty. Yeah, to kind of give people an idea of how bad the Cavs are right now, those two players, Broderick Thomas played 27 minutes, Lamar Stevens played 21 minutes in that game, and... I don't know if the the Cavs even qualify as a G League team right now, but that's our Who Day segment. Jazz defense last night. They had their best defensive rating of the season, 80.6. They held the Cavs to, was it 34 points in the first half, and the final score of 75 points was just two more than the previous low of the season when the Clippers scored 73. So... The Jazz have just had the Cavs number. Their previous game against the Cavs, defensive rating was 93.3. So either the Jazz are doing something right, Cleveland's just that bad, or it's a combination of the two. Yeah, specifically Gobert on the court was a 67. Um, That wasn't for a small sample size. That was a good 30 minutes, a little under. So just ridiculous defense by the Jazz last night. And to get that low of a defensive rating, I mean, you could say her criticized Royce Boyan and Donovan for being at a 102 defensive rating um but to get to that low of a defensive rating everybody has to be on point you know i don't remember many bad plays yesterday where i was like "Ooh, that was just awful what was that guy doing great great defense all around you know clarkson was fine boyan was fine 
like nobody really killed you. I think that's what you need from those guys. Uh, from the guys we have defensive worries about, they just have to be fine so Gobert can do this thing. And obviously you're not going to go into a playoff game and let up 70 points, 80 points, unless it's just a super ugly game seven at the end of a series like the Nuggets game was. Um, but for the most part, you know, you're not going to have these dominant nights because you're not going to play the Cavaliers in the playoffs. So you can't take too much away from it, but it is nice to see the dominance and the potential for just a lights-out defensive game is still there. Talk to me about individual players. I think we should start with Donovan Mitchell, not because he had a particularly amazing game. He didn't win the player of the week. That went to De'Aaron Fox in the West, Terry Rozier out East. But what did you see from him last night? And just overall, what have you seen since the All-Star break and the change in Donovan's game? So specifically, let's just throw out there the last couple games, the Jazz starters are only playing about 24 to 28 minutes a night because we're just blowing teams out again. So, you know, it's easy to look at the raw box score and be like, well, Donovan only had 19 points or something like that. But he only played 25 minutes and was fantastic um, in the first quarter. The Jazz just played really well last night. But for Donovan specifically, his off-the-bounce three right now is ridiculous. Um, He's really, really struggled with that his entire career, uh, 30% or even lower until he got to the bubble, and then he was dominant in the bubble, and we were hoping it was real. Um, but, you know, obviously we weren't going to see 36 points per game Donovan this season. Um, and then he's come out this year, and he's up in the mid-30s on off-the-bounce three, which is a big improvement. Um, if you can get him up to that 34 35% number that he's sitting at, that's a big difference in 30. And specifically lately, I need to pull up the exact numbers, but I believe he's close to 40 even above. I mean, we're at about two to three weeks now, this great play, probably about two weeks right now. And so it is kind of like bubble-like where it's like, okay, decent sample size, but not big enough that's like Donovan's now this elite pull-up three-point shooter. But it is for sure a hot streak, and it is for sure evidence that he has improved from the first three years of his career. And as I said, that's a big deal, his off-the-bounce three. Hopefully that sticks a good amount, and his playmaking has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Last seven games, he's had five-plus assists going into last night. He only had four last night. So that streak does end, but before this seven-game streak, he is, his record was five, and he'd done that four times, and two of those four times were in February of 2021, where he did a 10 out of 11 games. So you are legitimately seeing a better playmaking Donovan. Um, whether that's just him being more under control, more opportunities, whatever it is, it's working, and that's nice to see. And you put it all together, that's why you're seeing him close to a 25-5-5 and Donovan Mitchell, which boost him up from borderline all-star to borderline NBA player. Boost him up from the 25th best player to the 18th best player. So as I said, we're at about two, three weeks now with the shooting. We're well over a month and very, very solid with the playmaking. It's really hard to go from top 25 to top 10 to top 5. Like, yeah. There's a reason there's only five top five players. So, you know, leaps are very, very hard to do and very, very rare. Um, but the improvement, uh, realistic improvement, is there especially in season. And that's one thing I want to give a shout-out to Quinn Snyder for is you can see jumps sometimes that usually happen off-season type stuff. Donovan's really improved a ton in season this year, and you got to give a lot of credit for the Jazz coaching staff for that as well. I think sometime maybe in the next month or so, we should probably sit down and discuss the odds that Donovan ends up on one of the all-NBA teams. Those guard positions are so difficult to crack. But the way he's playing right now, if he can continue to do that through the end of the season or anywhere even close, I think he's definitely got a shot to make All-NBA for the first time in his career. Yeah, so you have Harden and Curry and Damon Luka, and then you get into Kyrie missing games, and you can get into seven, eight, nine names, including Donovan for that third spot. 
Um, I will point out, we can get into it another day, but Donovan Mitchell gets an extra $32 million on his contract if he makes All-NBA this year, and that would cost Ryan Smith like $100 million. Um, and as we've talked about plenty and plenty of times, we don't know exactly where Ryan Smith's brain is on paying the tax. Obviously, he's willing to pay. He's paying a couple million this year, but there's a difference between a couple million and $150 million, right? So if you're a deep, deep, true, diehard jazz fan, it would not be the worst thing in the world for Donovan to miss all NBA to save Ryan Smith some money and be able to keep the team together a little bit easier. I don't want to hang too much on this point, but I, you know, I just don't care about the tax. It's not something that I think about at all. And I know I remember when Donovan signed his contract, we had a discussion about the incentives that he could earn. And basically it came down and I, I remember us agreeing that, hey, if Donovan is good enough to earn all NBA honors, everything that he got in that deal was worth it. The extra $32 million, player options, all that type of stuff that have been talking points worth every bit of it if Donovan can make the jump and become an all-NBA guard. So it is what it is, and we can cross that bridge when we come to it, but I I think Ryan Smith is 100% on board. But let's start wrapping this one up, McCade. A couple more quick things. Rudy Gobert, 18-17 and 17 last night in only 28 minutes played. What an incredible effort. Also tacked on two steals, four blocks. Rudy's just being Rudy. Yeah, four blocks was great. Um, he's a plus. I tweeted out like 105, 110-ish, but I was in the middle of the third quarter where they were on the big run. So I think over the last five games, he's now up towards plus 120, which is just insane. You know, if you're if Rudy's going to win his minutes by 2025 20, every night, you're going to win every single game, no matter how bad anyone on the bench is. So Rudy's just been ridiculous. As good as Donovan been, has been and gotten the attention that he's well-deserved, Rudy's just also been lights out. I do want to just bring up Boyan Clarkson, not great again, one for five. 3 for 14. Boyan's now 3 for 7 from 3 over his last 3 games, which yep. 42%'s good, but 7 attempts, like, come on. Mione's put up 8 the last couple games, like, we, we need Boyan to shoot the ball. Um, so you'll throw that out there, but he did have 5 assists, so I know you'll like that number. Other than that, there's not too much that really sticks out from a box score standpoint. Uh, I will say, it was interesting that beginning of the 4th quarter, um, they left Rudy Gobert on the court for 2 extra minutes, to play with Trent Forrest, and I believe it's just Mione who he's played with before. But it was interesting to see them get two minutes of Trent Forrest, our 17th best player, and Rudy Gobert, our first best player. So that was an interesting little two-minute gap. That doesn't matter at all, but I did find unique. Uh, really quick, we got to mention the third unit. Traditionally, the Jazz have had a lot of trouble scoring, and yeah, it is the third unit. But last night as I look at the box score, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one in particular, was that Ersan Ilyasova's first points with the Jazz? Uh, Ilyasova and Matt Thomas both got their first points with the Jazz okay. last night. That's what I was thinking. Jarrell Brantley had four points. Elijah Hughes came in and hit a three from the corner. Good to see Hughes back on the court. He's a kid I still think has a lot of potential for this Jazz team. They're obviously pretty high on him, and I think that they've been really careful with that injury. He suffered in the G League bubble. They're, they're taking care of him. Um, Matt Thomas, like you said, got his first points. Trent Forrest still struggling to find his way as a scorer, but as a facilitator, I, I just think Trent Forrest is a future for this team. You talked about Bojan's lack of shooting, not even just a lack of success lately. He's just not shooting the ball anymore. And if Bojan's not shooting the ball, he's not bringing you anything. Give me more Mia Oni. That's, I'm going to end on that one. I do think it's funny as we talk about these bench lineups. Ursa Silva was a minus seven, and Gerald Brantley was a plus nine, and they kind of split the time in the fourth quarter. So nothing noteworthy there, but you did mention Hughes looks good. 
friend of the podcast, Nima, who hosts his analytical podcast, Big Rockets Fan. We used him for the 2018 comparison. He's a Syracuse alum who just graduated, so he will talk your ear off about how amazing Elijah Hughes is. So if you do love Elijah Hughes, go hit up him, and he'll, uh, he'll tell you how great he is. So guys are coming around. The bench units are coming around. And I think Elijah Hughes is another scorer, and ball hander really helps that lineup. Um, I think they struggle with just Trent Forrest, who can't shoot, to be really the only playmaker on that bench. So, Jazz next back in action on Wednesday night against Memphis for round three against the Grizzlies. That's a 6 p.m. tip. It's AT or whatever, AT&T Sportsnet, whatever the hell garbage station the Jazz use. I'm tired of it. I think this is the last year before they were forming it a decent amount. I think it's on Ryan Smith's bucket list too yep, i think so we'll look into it so we'll see what happens there be up wednesday night in memphis and you come home for more home games as the jazz continue running away for the number one overall seed before we give out our own social media gotta give a shout out to the jazz pod co-op and specifically mark and doug hansey on the twos and threes i don't know how they did it i don't know what kind of strings they pulled i don't know who sold whose soul but they got blue edwards on the pod yesterday have you had a chance to listen to that one I have a favorite. It's my plan to listen to it this morning while I do some homework. So. It's so good. Blue comes in hot right off the top with stories about his all-star dunk contest appearance. And just, he is, he's really good. He is a great orator, a teller of stories and so many different tales. And, and then Mark just his childhood excitement, listening to Mark and sharing a couple things. And you know, Mark, the next time we see each other will be the first time we ever meet, and I'm definitely going to try and remember to give you a fist bump just so we can make sure you practice that. McCade, when you listen to the pod, you'll understand that reference. All but right. Good for those guys. It's so much fun. Check out the twos and threes. Go listen to Mark and Doug talking to Blue Edwards. That was an amazing podcast. A lot of fun to listen to. Where can I find you, McCade? They can find me at McCade P8, You know what to do. You can find Home Court Press at Home Court underscore Press and me at BPREECE24. That's BPREECE24. If you like what you're hearing from the show, subscribe, share, rate, and review. Go and give us a review. You throw your name down there. You're going to be in the running for some free jazz tickets that I'm offering as soon as the arena opens back up and we're. We're at a full house. So if that comes at playoff time, so be it. I will give the tickets away. That's I'm a man of my word. Take note. <laughs>